And welcome back to Butter With That, a movie podcast from Philadelphia where a bunch of friends get together and talk about movies. Uh, we are rounding out our uh, fighting, wrestling, general uh, sort of hand-to-hand combat uh, theme. But before, so this week we're, we're finishing up that theme and we're really excited. Uh, we've gone it through an emotional journey, I would say, through this whole theme. And uh, who knew fighting could bring out the most emotion uh, among a collection of movies. But before... That's where the family comes in, fighting that, mm, and ooh. family. Oh, yeah. So we'll get uh, back to that uh, very on-the-nose theme with fighting and family with the title of our final movie for this theme, but before we do, wanted to just do a quick check-in just to see how everyone is doing today uh, and see if anyone has watched anything of note or not of note, something they might want to banish from their memory forever. How are we doing, crew? Oh, Christine, I'm so glad you brought up Banish from My Memory Forever. Uh, that, that's probably too harsh. Uh, I finished Midnight Mass, and I know I was singing Mike Flanagan's praise when we talked about Hush uh, about a month ago. And I remember saying how I was excited for Midnight Mass. I have like most things Mike Flanagan's done, but man, this just missed the mark for me. I understand why people like it, but I wish it was like a two hour movie instead of a 10 hour melodrama. Like there's some really awesome, like some really good characters, some great scenes, good performances, like good writing, but it's all just stretched out. I feel like far far too long and i know the big criticism is like monologues monologues like you know i like a slow burn i enjoy when things you know take their time uh but this is just excessive and if it just happens all the time then these really awesome moments between characters and these awesome monologues i feel like just kind of get lost in the shuffle of every character talking for 10 minutes every episode just for me personally exhausting um i would love if you i don't think anyone else here has watched it but it's a show that i haven't stopped thinking about and i wanted to finish it and i couldn't tell if i liked it or not until i got to the end like if where i was going to land like that's the kind of show for me it was uh the last two episodes showed some promise and then i really feel like just for me just to not you know, deliver on what I was kind of thinking it was going to be. It was very interesting to to see your texts as you were watching it. You started it and it was very intriguing. And then you're like, I'm 75% the, the way through this show and still have no idea how I feel about it. And then now hearing your final take as being like, it was not what I had hoped. It's kind of interesting to uh, be on that, uh, on that journey with you almost. I feel like it's pretty rare. I don't know if you guys have ever feel feel this way frequently, but I feel like I kind of know if I like something right away or not. Um, and so it was inter- it was an interesting feeling of like digging something, but then not quite sure how I felt. That was a it was an interesting ride to be on. I might well, rewatch I- it later, like a year or two from now. Um, that's I might do that again just to see if I pick up on new things or appreciate it in a different way. So it's definitely an interesting show, and I would love to hear people's thoughts on it because some people absolutely love it, and I. I get why. Um, so it's just, it was a very interesting journey to go on. TV is strange because there are a lot of instances in which TV that unfolds over multiple seasons, you know, you go back to the pilot episode or you go back to the first three or four episodes. And you're like, oh, that was utter garbage. 
but a TV show has an opportunity to increase its budget, which a lot of times can make it better, or just the writers get a sense of actually what they want to be doing. But within, I guess, how many episodes is Midnight Mass? Six. So it's like there wasn't any pilot. They basically wrote it, and this was their opportunity to nail it, and it sounds like they did not. Well, thank you for sharing that, Connor. How about other folks, uh, things that have been good, not so good, people's watching list recently? I'm in the mental health and mental illness phase of the idea of watching anything new will put me over the edge. So I've just been going back to my comfort movies or movies that I've at least seen once before. And uh, last night I decided to <laughs> really randomly um, rewatch Mad Max Fury Road. Dave, when when we watched that for the podcast, I like I really did not know what to expect and I didn't think I was going to like the movie that much. And I remember really digging it when, when we watched it and we talked about it, but I did not remember a single piece of dialogue. I was like, did these people even talk in this film? Yes, in fact, they do. And I realized that when I <laughs> rewatched it last night and was like, oh my God, I missed so much. And yet so I still liked it. So I, I ended up just liking it even more, which just like continuously surprises myself. Like I, I surprised myself by that. So I guess growth, maybe. I don't know if that's a, it's, that's what that is, but that's how I'm going to take it. That movie definitely rewards rewatching and multiple viewings because it is such a rich world that there are nuances too that are understated that become uh, more rewarding in there being understated with uh, repeat viewing. So yeah, I, that uh, Sam, I understand. I know I've been making everyone around me like really like insane because I've just been like witness me like <laughs> over. So shiny um, and chrome. <laughs> so it's safe to say, like any any time I watch something that I like and it sticks my craw a little bit, I become insufferable afterwards. Well, I much to uh, Christine's uh, excitement uh, via our text chain. Uh, I did start and finish. Both seasons one and two of what we do in the shadows, the well, the FX series that is on Hulu that's starring uh, Matt Barry, who I, I really adore from other properties. He's a really great comedic talent um, and just has such an iconic uh, and memorable voice and, and brings characterization to each character he's doing while still presenting himself in the same way, which is really great. The show is expertly written. It's super gripping. The arcs are uh, simultaneously hilarious and heartfelt and... Uh, the show's visual effects are to die for. It's really incredible and hyper stylized, a really thoughtful way of examining an over the overtread narrative of vampires. Um, so I really loved it. I did uh, at a friend's suggestion, watch the movie, the Taiko, Taiko Watiti movie, um, which I thought pales in comparison, no pun intended to the, uh, to the, the series itself, but I think it was, it was okay. But, um, yeah, I was really floored by the the series and I'm really looking forward to season three now. I'm so glad you started watching it because uh, speaking of sort of comfort watches, uh, that show really has brought me so much comfort in stressful times. And which is it's I wouldn't necessarily think like a vampire comedy show would be like my go to stressed out or overwhelmed like viewing choice. But it, it certainly became that. And it really. Yeah, it's uh Great. Uh, I love Matt Bear. Yeah. My God. All of his lines are so good. 
So, yeah, it sounds like a nice array of things that folks are watching. Some friends have insisted that uh, November is a celebration of Thanksgiving. So I've been watching Tom Hanks movies, <laughs> which I won't go into. Maybe in the weeks to come, I'll, I'll expound on that. And that what a teaser. Ride. Thanksgiving, was, I know. What's yeah. one of the ones you watched? <laughs> The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> so more to come on that next week. <laughs> but I am so excited to, uh, as I said, round out our our fighting and wrestling and uh, all sorts of yeah combat. I keep saying combat. It's not really like war movies. It's fighting and wrestling uh, has been our has been our theme. Uh, and so, yeah, of course, when we were thinking about this November formula of something and family and the topic comes up to be or the theme comes up to be fighting and family, obviously, the movie that popped in my brain was a movie I'd recently seen called Fighting with My Family. Uh, and I think I saw this uh, at, uh, from the suggestion of Sam. I think, Sam, you had seen it and we're talking it up and decide because it's from yeah it's from 2019 so it's a pretty recent film and I decided to watch it and I was like obviously if we're doing a theme fighting and family fighting with my family is the ideal pick um and so that yeah this movie um is directed by Stephen Merchant which people would know mostly from at least I recognize him from the British office uh but he's been behind some other projects um and his cameos and other things um, but this movie uh, stars uh, Florence Pugh, Nick Frost, Lena Headey, Jack uh, Loden, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Vince Vaughn. And Fighting With My Family is a movie that's based on the real-life ascent of English wrestler Soraya Bevis, a.k.a. Brittany Knight, a.k.a. Paige. She's known as Paige, um, who, like... About 10 years ago, emerged onto the WWE scene uh, from a small town wrestling family out of Norwich, England. Uh, and she be she became the youngest WWE Divas champion ever. And so this movie, based on a real story, is just about her life and is about her family and her relationship with her family, too. And so even though the movie definitely follows her story, uh, I think uh, it really shines because it also spots spotlights her her family um, and the the characters that make up her support network, uh, who all have a very deep and I would say very complicated relationship with both wrestling and with each other. And so the movie not only delves into the world of wrestling from a female wrestler perspective, but also really explores um, family, the the culture of wrestling within a family that's so devoted. Uh, to the art, to the entertainment, and uh, how a family film is told through the lens of of wrestling. And so, uh, yeah, not only did I think this movie was a great pick because it's about fighting and family, but all the other storylines we've really talked about were very centered on male narratives within the wrestling world. And I thought this would be a great pick because um, Paige has such a compelling story, especially as a... Uh, a female wrestler who's emerging uh, into the WWE world, which has a very rough uh, history. I was kind of doing a deep dive into the WWF, WWE's history, um, especially it's, I mean, we'll get more into this later, but the CEO, uh, Vince uh, McMahon, just ha is 
sounds like a terrible human being. I'll just say that. Anyhow. He is. Uh, so uh, I think, yeah, this movie, I think delves a little bit. And I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts about how the movie really handles the realities of female wrestlers within this male-dominated industry and whether you think it goes deep enough or, or I guess how it sort of handles her story. I know Sam has seen this movie, but uh, was this uh, Connor and Dave's first time seeing this movie? It, it was my first time seeing it, yes. It was my first time as well. And uh, yeah, what were, what were your impressions of, uh, of Fighting With My Family? This really feels like the perfect culmination of this theme. I think it covers, it It jumps off of a lot of kind of themes and ideas we were talking about already while kind of offering a new perspective. And I just thought this was just a, a, a fantastic film. Like just an awesome movie, a great ride, really great performances. Who knew that I would want to see a movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Vince Vaughn, Nick Frost, and Stephen Merchant. So that was just like a really wonderful cast. I didn't know Florence Pugh was British. I had no idea um, until this movie. So that was kind of a fun surprise. Yeah, I think overall this is like the ultimate fighting and family movie. So I think this is a really great one, a uh, great pick to end this theme on. And I think what we talked about today is just a really great you know, summary of a lot of what we've been talking about before. And this movie does some really interesting things that were... And I think I just appreciated this movie more from watching The Wrestler, from watching Warrior. Um, just some extra background on this part of sports entertainment that I knew really nothing about going into this month. So this is a great culmination of the fighting and family theme. Yeah, I'd say my feelings were pretty mixed on this movie. Um, I did find it to be uh, entertaining and fun, which is you know, the mark of a good movie. Uh, but I think for a true story, it fails in some of its authenticity in that it is very much a product of the industry it portrays. So I had some problems with that. I'd say on the whole, I think the performances are pretty strong and uh, it definitely kept my attention. But uh, as, a, as, as a fan of the WWE and F throughout the years, I uh, I had difficulty separating this as a narrative from the product that I felt it was, um, which we'll get into. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that, Dave, because that was definitely a question that was on my mind and that I wanted to bring to the group about what do we really make of the movie's depiction and use of the WWE brand? Uh, and in what ways does the movie sort of pro promote or sort of romanticize or maybe too breezily gloss over some of the real like problems within the, this industry. Um, and yeah, so I would definitely want to return to, uh, to that, that aspect um, of its presentation of WWE. Um, but Sam, what was it like to uh, revisit this movie? Was this the second time you've now watched it or had you watched it multiple times before this? This is my second time. Christine, I'm so happy you picked this movie. Um, I think like maybe about a year or so ago when we had like thrown around the idea of doing a wrestling movie, I was like, oh, well, I guess I would pick Fighting With My Family. And then I had seen Warrior and I was like, oh no, I need to talk about that. So I was so excited that you picked this because I love it so much. And I was able to watch it with um, my two roommates who really enjoyed it too. Um, I th This the second time around impacted me so much more. <laughs> I, I, I am a notorious crier at literally anything that is 
even just like minutely emotional, I'm like on the couch weeping. So, um, you know, at the, at the, at the very end when it's like, Oh, it's a page turner. I was literally on my couch crying. And then at one point during the credits, there's like a little message from the rock. And I was trying to like read that aloud to my roommates, but I, I couldn't because it was crying. So I am just once again, mentally unstable, but also I just like that stuff works for me so well. And, um, I I really want to like go back to Dave's point because I, I, I don't, know anything about the the WWE or the WWF but um I think that this theme fighting and family has has honestly throughout the 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 three years we've been doing this has probably been my favorite I, I and I I can't believe that I'm saying that that like I enjoyed these wrestling movies so much but I really did there was not one that I disliked and um Dave, I'm so glad that you picked the wrestler because it really did put so much more of this into perspective. Like the part in fighting with my family, um, when the, the brother Zach, he throws himself on the the thumbtacks. Gosh, that was so much, that was, that meant more to me now after seeing the wrestler than it had before. I just was like, okay, yep. That's something that happens. So, um, especially based on one's tier and prestige within the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So I have learned so much. I think I've also really gained an appreciation for, um, professional wrestling in this capacity. I never expected it, but I'm sort of in love with it in some ways. So I love this great picks, everybody, but now I want to get into the nitty gritty of why (laughs) it might not be so great because that's not something I know much about. Well, um, I guess we could go into just as it's related to Sam's comment or question. I just had done a little deep dive into the WWE, um, heads up guys, listen through the whole episode because there's gonna be a very special, uh, trivia at the end of this episode well where we'll uh, learn a little bit more about the history of WWE and I threw some uh, UFC MMA stuff in there too just for kicks as well um but in preparing for this quiz or trivia I was doing a very very brief overview of the history and who runs WWE and everything like that and went down this rabbit hole of looking up the WWE CEO, Vince McMahon, um, who has accrued a whole list of like allegations, like he's been accused of sex, sexual assault by the first female WWE referee. He's He was accused of paying off investigators during a murder trial of one of the 1980s wrestling stars. He's been accused of distributing steroids to wrestlers and, and putting wrestlers and performers in really uncomfortable situations and essentially like exploiting their labor uh, and being an abusive boss and lead. And uh, which, which and, this movie does not touch at all. We'll see. And that's, <laughs> I think, I think really sort of is an important thing to note because even if you didn't know a lot of like the backstory, which I didn't when I was watching the movie, but the movie definitely is selling you on the the brand Mm. like look at all these great mentors they're really supportive they really care about you um Vince Vaughn's character Hutch uh no Hutch Morgan is really promoting this female star 
But what it doesn't delve into are the sort of the underbelly or underside of uh, this industry and really the harmful ways that it can destroy someone's body, someone's psyche, someone's mental health. Uh, and the way it's treated women in its history is also really uh, problematic. So the movie definitely glosses or doesn't even touch on any of that. It's it's a feel good through and through. One, but, one thing that I think is important to point out is that this was produced by WWE Studios. So this was yeah, a movie. that's really important to point out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that's, I think that kind of adds to the fascination of this movie of that, Dave, as you mentioned, it is sort of like a product but I think it is also a pretty um, compelling story. And so I think that conflict is interesting to talk about and I'm excited to dive into it. And so, yeah, I, I think sort of uh, fully addressing all the complexities of what it means to take on WWE and really showcase that world in a movie. Also, but it, it's like, was this story going to get funded if it wasn't WWE's like promote? Like I think Paige's story is so wonderful. Okay, go ahead, Dave, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say a lot of the time, uh, and this is this part of the WWE's history, is that uh, performers can't utilize their stage names outside of the WWE. If they do, it's immediately associated and brought into the umbrella as a profitable asset uh, that they no longer control. So this movie could not have made probably the way that it was were it not for the WWE, which is also telling. And so on one hand, I'm so glad I know about Paige's story. And on the other hand, that insight, Dave, is so disturbing <laughs> to think about like someone's like stage name, their persona, their identity is essentially owned by this entity, this corporation, and that it they play a hand in limiting someone's ability to tell their own story. So that that mm. sucks to know. But, but I will say Oh, I yeah. will say it's cool too, though, though, that this is the story they chose to tell. I mean, they could have told so many, so many stories. Mick Foley's story is incredible. Uh, the Wrestler Mankind, Cactus Jack, or just Mick Foley. Uh, the Undertaker, really interesting uh, story. He's had some not great things to say recently. But, um, but that they chose to go with this story was, uh, was interesting. And, and to their credit, um, which is probably more credit than I will allow the WWE throughout the rest of this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So like we sort of laid the groundwork for understanding this movie within the framework of the WWE and some of the problems that we have to kind of navigate when we're talking about a movie that was produced by WWE that exists in its world. We can pivot now to really talk about the story and about Paige's story because it's really, really compelling. And um, I and I do think that some of the best scenes in the movie are with her family. So let's talk about Paige and the Knight Bevis family. So Paige is played by P Florence Pugh, and uh, she's growing up in Norwich, England. And her family runs a wrestling or like wrestling runs in their family blood. It is like a family passion. Her father, played by Nick Frost, his name is Rick Knight. His mother is uh, played by Lena Headey or Hedy Headey. She's from Game of Thrones. I can't remember how to. Yeah, uh, uh, Julia Knight and her brother, uh, who's who goes as uh, by Zach Zodiac, and. <laughs> The movie from the opening shots shows that uh, Zach and Paige, who, whose name is uh, uh, in her family is Soraya, I believe. Um, and 
they are fighting from or like wrestling from their very wee uh, like infancy and the family loves wrestling. They run a wrestling gym and they I, I love the scenes where they rally the Norwich teens, get them in the van to go to wrestling practice. So this is really the lifeblood of this family. Um, and what do we yeah, I guess I'll uh, ask the group. So we get a kind of a taste into the Knight Bevis family and the way that they relate to one another. As the film progresses and as we sort of follow both soon-to-be Paige and Zach Zodiac on their journey to try to get picked up by WWE in the tryouts, what do we do? What do we make of like Paige's relationship with her parents, with her brother? What are the kind of different sides of, of that familial relationship? Especially me, because like either of them making the tryouts or like making it into WWE means like a lot to the family, both financially and reputationally. Like, how do we think that those kids relate or like, how do they navigate that with their parents? I really like the, uh, the very opening of the movie of where we sort of see the first time that I'll just call her Paige wants to go. Like it's very hesitant to go into the ring. Zach's the one who's been wrestling you know, all his life. And so they want her to, per, you know, perform to wrestle, but she's nervous too. And so she wrestles and then her brother's like, well, what if you wrestle against me? And they're like both like, I guess like 13, 15, whatever their ages are young. And I just thought that was a great way to say, this is really a brother sister kind of story that we're going to see unfold and how these two are really tight knit and how they split apart and then ultimately come back together. So I thought that was a really great way to open the movie and to sort of set up what the, emotional stakes are going to be both of these kids. This is Zach's lifelong dream. Paige is like a little bit newer, but together we see this family um, united by wrestling and we get some really great moments uh, with Nick Frost and Lena Headey, um, who are a great pair in this movie. I don't think I ever yeah. would have thought that those two would be like a really um, dynamic duo and how wrestling really saved them, how, you know, church saved some people, but wrestling saved this family. And so there's some really, maybe it's like a little melodramatic, but I think some great moments of how, you know, we learn about um, the family, how like wrestling brought them together and saved them from a life of crime, from, you know, being incarcerated over and over again. Her dad's an alcoholic, um, but now, you know, is no longer, you know, doesn't drink anymore. And so I think there's, we learn about lots of really great family moments. And I think this is a really great example of the film using its time pretty effectively in the first half or the first quarter, you know, third quarter to sort of set up why this family is so important to Paige and to Zach. Yeah. Thanks for kind of uh, pulling apart a lot of the different family members and the way that they relate to one another. And I totally agree, Connor, that the pacing of the first like fourth of the movie, I think is wonderful. You're, you're dropped right into the middle of this family and uh, you get really wonderful little moments uh, of, and a lot of the dialogue that's pulled that, that like Nick Frost and Lena Headey uh, deliver as far as their relationship with wrestling is pulled right from the documentary that this movie was based on. So there was a 2012 documentary called like the wrestlers, fighting with my family or something like that. And if, and at the end of the movie, those clip, those real life clips of the family, you hear Nick or like you hear the real dad saying the exact same thing that uh, Nick Frost uh, was delivering, like, uh, like something to the effect of fighting or wrestling was my, yeah, salvation or something like that. Some sort of 
religious uh, language. But um, but yeah, the pacing is great. It swiftly uh, establishes the re- family relationships, their love of wrestling. And then the pacing gets a little bit, I think, dragged out later on once they go to Florida and, or she goes to Florida and everything like that. Um, but, um, yeah. How about other folks thoughts about the movie sort of establishing this, this, this family and, and just, uh, how does the family sort of relate to Paige, uh, or, or help us better understand who Paige is and her motivations? I think that this family isn't perfect. It's flawed. We see that over and over again. And I would also argue that the family extends past just the the four or five that we eventually get to see. I think it does also encompass like all of the Norwich kids who are part of this wrestling um, club whatever. I can't remember the the actual, I know it's the acronym is like W-A-W, but as as flawed as they are and as imperfect as it is, and in some cases, like relatively unhealthy, um, I still like, I love them. I love them so much. And, uh, you know, they are a really good example of like why these movies speak to me so much because you just like get so caught up in wanting to be, at, at least for me, wanting to be a part of this family and just being like, man, like this is like, like if, if I could choose to have a, a family um, dynamic, I, I think I would choose something along the lines of like this as chaotic and as messed up as it is because you know ultimately what's at the bottom of everything is just love and understanding and something that comes up for me a lot in this movie is how the Connor you mentioned this how it's it's more about brother and sister and their dynamic and um Paige making it to the WWE and and Zach not, um, even though the, the movie sets it up as like, this was Zach's dream. Everyone sort of thought that he was going to be the one that would move forward. Um, and he has this whole meltdown saying, this was my dream. Uh, and he, he doesn't necessarily accuse Paige of taking it from him, but in, in some ways he does. Um, and, and, saying like, you know, this was my dream since I was a kid, since the very, very beginning and Paige coming back and saying, actually like, well, this was my dream too. You know, like there was a moment last, last night when I was rewatching it and I said, is it either of their dreams? I don't know. Um, there is a moment where Paige turns to her mom and says, you named me after your stage name. This was, this was your dream. Was it ever Zach's real dream too? Like, is is there any like like a original this is this is something I want to do for myself? And I don't know. And I and you know, I I think that's something common that we see in families sometimes where um it's what they know and what's comfortable and, and what's assumed of the like the the golden child, I I guess, in some ways. And it's not just Zach, right? Because Roy was thought to be um good and professional enough to to go forward in the WWE as well. Um so it's just like a, a lot to think about. And I think because of all of this, you know, you have all of these questions, you have all these flaws and you see how just chaotic and loving that it all is. It just feels like a real family. And when they show the clip at the end of um 
the actual parents, I just like, I, I kept crying just because of how much I loved them so much and, and how um, great I think like Lena and Nick did per, portraying all of those in, in the one particular clip when the father is talking and um, the, the mother just, she just like flat out yawns in the middle of him speaking, like just right on film. I was like, I love this. I love people who are just like salt of the earth, like down to earth like this. And like that really speaks to me. So not a perfect family by any means, but I love it. I love it so much. I'd have to respectfully disagree with a lot of what's been said. Uh, I think that this family is deeply underdeveloped. I think that they're, they're, uh, they're, the underpinnings of the family drama are entirely overshadowed by the film's very almost disnified mystification of like their, their wholly invested ethos being wrestling like they they live and breathe wrestling that much is true they're also complex people but that never really comes up in how they characterize themselves for me maybe it's it, it's a weakness of acting maybe it's a weak script i think what happened is that uh, i didn't know this was a documentary when i saw the end part i was like oh fuck why wasn't i watching this um uh, because like i was so excited to see the, like this story is being told through these people rather than being funneled into uh an obligatory appreciation of how this industry uplifts people and how the family like outside of like them casually referencing criminality in the family and their complicated past and how wrestling has uplifted them every single anecdote they have is about wrestling it doesn't feel like these people know each other beyond their shared bond of wrestling to me which i found to be a big problem so, yeah, I think you bring up a good point about, like, the dimensionality of these characters. What else do we know about their lives uh, and how they relate to one another outside the framework of wrestling? For me, I feel like this movie establishes, establishes, excuse me, establishes its tone early on as sort of like a feel-good comedy. And I, I guess I wasn't asking that of the movie, expecting it not to give me like every single maybe uh, sort of nuanced complexity of their being. And I, and I would venture guess that it has something to do with the fact that like, I mean, pay, like Florence Pugh was only like three years younger than the real Paige. And she, like this story is about people that are like existing pretty much in this time and place. So it's not really a story I would think that a screenwriter would necessarily have a lot of liberties to like be like, mm, let's really delve into that backstory of like a previous like, you know, conflict that a character had or something like that. And maybe that maybe that's a weakness of the right. I, I don't know. I, I get your I get your point, Dave. I think I would argue that it is because if it is just a banal story, then it's your job to insert the drama of that truth. And this film to me doesn't personally. I think it's yeah. also though the, the pitfall of watching a, a dramatized film based on a real story focusing on one very, very particular time and place. And I think we've run up against this several times in the podcast. You know, Connor not liking testament of youth me not liking can you ever <laughs> forgive me right like these are mm -hmm. very very specific moments in time for these people that because it, it is focusing on that like it is it, it is so focused on wrestling right like it, it is caricatures of these people and i like 
maybe something in the future we can try to find. And like, this could be like a, like a challenge we have is a, a story that's based on reality where everybody is like fully fleshed out and not just character caricatures of the moment. Because like, like truly, I don't know if, if that's just a problem with like, like this genre in general, like this is what happens when you have stuff that's based on documentaries or based on uh, memoirs or, or if it's just, we just happen to pick <laughs> a couple movies that don't do it really well. I don't know. I'd, I have to agree, Sam. I mean, I think that, yeah, this is very, I mean, it's a time and place story. This is a chapter in Paige's life that led to her, uh, you know, her emergence in the WWE. And I think while it does a great job of charting that ascent uh, narratively, as far as the milestones that need to be achieved and how it affects the family in direct relation to that situation, I think is well handled. Uh, I think I just wanted a little bit more in terms of subtext and backstory applied to that. But I do think it does that job very well. And I think that, uh, for, at least for me while I was watching it, and I had mentioned this before, that I thought the weakest parts of the movie were honestly the whole Vince Vaughn stuff. And maybe I'm just like mm. undown or on Vince Vaughn right now, but I found the movie to really have its heart when we were with Paige and her family. And the I love the way the fights at, like in like Norwich and in England are like, so the energy of that room and everything like that. And then once, so to fill listeners in, essentially she and her brother go to WWE try or NXT, which is kind of the next generation, kind of the like younger fighters trying to get up into the WWE, these tryouts uh, in England to be able to then go to Florida, the NXT training camp to then flourish and, you know, try to get into be a main name in WWE. Anyhow, so they go to these tryouts and Zach is the definitely the favored one to uh to to get it uh both in the family and I think in the wrestling community, but ultimately Vince Vaughn's character Hutch Morgan is there and he's like actually Paige, you are the one who's got the energy, he's got the fire. She gets chosen, Zach doesn't and it really like hurts them both because Paige recognizes that like she was not the favored one and that or at least within her family, but she really wants it. And she sees how hurt Zach is and you get their little competitive, like their, how the complications of their competitiveness. And then she goes to Florida. So there's a whole section of the movie where she's in a Florida training camp and Vince Vaughn emerges as this character who's both her trainer and in many ways, like a mentor and sort of like guiding her way through that, uh, that experience where she also meets other female wrestlers that are trying to make it. And that that's kind of inter interesting how she interacts with them. What do you all, you know, I don't want to put my, I mean, I put my spin out there. I, I thought that section kind of dragged out, but what did you all think about the, the, the training chapter and her, in Florida, interacting with Vince Vaughn, interacting with all the the young uh, up and coming fighters who are learning uh, and training. I thought that every moment Vince Vaughn was on screen was completely ridiculous and almost unnecessary. Um, I also don't like him very much. Um, and so I was just like, please God, let this have a point, let this get somewhere. But something that I, I really appreciated during like the training camps was, um, and, and I'm always looking for this feminism versus bad feminism. And I just, I always love moments where feminists get checked um, and uh, they get handed a receipt 
I'll say, um, when, you know, you have Paige who's saying like, I'm a real wrestler. Like I'm someone who's grown up watching this. I've trained, I, I know how to do all of this. There's no way that someone who's a model, someone who uh, was like a dancer could ever uh, be on par with me because like they don't, they're, they're not as in it. They don't want it as much as I do. And so like, I just, I love those moments where you see that person get checked because it's like, you know, like actually just because wrestling might not have been this person's life um, doesn't mean they can't do it well and they don't want it and that they don't uh, have other things going on in their life that might be the reason why they, they want to do and they want to be successful in, in um, like a career like this. So I, I, I liked that. Less Vince Vaughn, more more this. Yeah. It tra- yeah. So she's at the training camp and yeah, interesting scenes and dynamics where she's judging, you know, the other women in this training camp, they're judging her and she makes assumptions about them. Yeah. And it's definitely like, I'll I'll go maybe more into this maybe later, but it's definitely interesting reading about the history of women's roles in WWE and how that, and I kind of, that's a whole other movie. And I think I was wanting those sections to be more of a investigate or like at least a deep dive into like, what does it mean to be like a, female wrestler in this world and like what yeah like who are their mentors besides Vince Vaughn like I want to know like you know anyhow so it sounds like me and Sam were not all up on the Vince Vaughn but maybe we got some Vince Vaughn fans out there tell me why Vince Vaughn's presence was uh buoying every every scene do we do we like his humor what what's what's the pulse check on Vince Vaughn these days I mean, I, I I generally like Vince Vaughn. Like, I know he's a, a Trumper and has said some not so great things in the past, like, two years. But nothing, in my opinion, that is, like, that I know of that is, like, totally cancel him forever um, levels. I think his presence is, like, a really good contrast to the family. Um, and I think this, you know, it's not, you know, these are not, like, the deepest scenes that we've ever talked about on Butter With That or the, you know, the kind of deepest moments in film history. But I think there's a really nice story about isolation, a nice story about um, trying to discover who you are and embrace who you are. I think that that's what I enjoyed the most out of this kind of like 50 minute part of the movie, hour part of the movie of her, you know, who is Paige. She eventually dyes her hair herself and like gives herself a tan because she wants to look like this, um, you know, the blonde girls. One thing I thought of as we were talking about it was she has an interaction with three popular blonde girls in England as she's trying to promote her own wrestling event and then how that interaction is kind of mirrored and that set her up to kind of feel this way about these women. So that was like, I realized a nice kind of like set up and then get some payoff. And we don't really learn more about the other women she's with or anybody else that she's with. Uh, in some ways, I think there's some effectiveness to it because she does, I feel like that helps us feel a sense of isolation, whether that's intended or not. Um, her brother is eventually not answering her calls and she just is working out, working out, working out, struggling, and then goes home and can't, you know, go to the hotel and can't sleep. So I, I like Vince Vaughn generally. I think he's playing Vince Vaughn. I don't, you know, I feel like a lot of times Vince Vaughn's just playing himself, which can work. And for me in this film, I would say it generally worked pretty well. Let me ask this to the group. If Tom Hanks played this character, how would you feel about it? If Tom Hanks had the same mannerism and like the same dialogue, how would we feel about it? Because I do think. I think he's playing a very Tom Hanksy kind of role in this movie, to be honest, in his execution. Um, like 
mid to late nineties, Tom Hanks. And I think, you know, like a, a kind of like stern, you know, but understanding figure. Uh, I think it's probably just that we associate Vince Vaughn with like old school and right off the entire rest of his career because he can be a good actor. And I think he's a good actor in this. Um, I think his character is really interesting because he does challenge her in some interesting ways. And I think it's very appropriately like cold in being challenging about it um, in a way that really motivates her to excel, which I think is, is interesting. And, and one of the strengths of the screenplay. So yeah, I think he does a fine job to be, to be honest. And like, I've, I've seen him do good stuff elsewhere. I mean, he's terrible in season two, a true detective, but that's an outright fucking blimp crash of a disaster. So like, you know, you can't really judge him by that necessarily, or even old school. I think he's got a pretty varied catalog and can be good, although he's often typecast. I wasn't, I didn't know how to feel about uh, her interactions with the other women, because I think that this is telling us that she is being judgmental of women who on the surface were being brought into this industry as eye candy via their inexperience, and that we're supposed to question her criticism of that. But at the same time, up until with with few exceptions, so with like like Lita or like China or like some of the great women wrestlers of the the late 1990s. Up until then, that is the kind of person that they would cast specifically for those roles. They wouldn't really even be quote unquote wrestlers. It would be like you know bikini matches, and that was the idea. So her being critical of that and that being a character flaw within the product that the WWE is presenting us with feels a little hypocritical to me. And I guess that's the movie that I want as like another movie. And I feel like it's asking, well, as a viewer, we should want a movie to be uh, great and excel as far as it can excel. And there are some near perfect movies out there. But I feel like there are it's sometimes when I'm watching a movie and I like have all of these things I want it to be doing. And sometimes I just got to sit back and be like, hopefully in the next couple of years, there'll be some more movies that will delve deeper into this. And that story that you, like that aspect of the wrestling world is a, is a story I would throw down. Well, $10. Well, I'll have somebody really uh, with a lot of money to finance this movie, but that's the movie I really want to see now that I've been just doing a small little toe dip into researching the history of the uh of that of wwe and wrestling yeah and like i would quickly add that like it's not to the movie's discredit as far as the way these these individual women are portrayed because we do get this depth to them we do understand that like they're doing this for these financial reasons that they don't have wrestling experience and this is not their passion but you know that shouldn't shut them out from that industry because if that's what they want to do, then they should be able to do that um, if they're if they're qualified for it with training. But at the same time, it does also hinge our expectations on like that being a, a critical lens to judge Paige's uh, prejudices through. When at the end of the day, although all the women that the WWE employed and trained for which complex people, you know, obviously people and individuals um, were kind of reduced in the ring, at least up until that era, with few exceptions as sort of eye candy. So in that way, it's hard to justify that within the context of the movie for me. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's so funny. I feel like we've gone the, through the lens of wrestling and fighting. I feel like we've we've touched this whole theme on some really, really complex and complicated uh, like aspects of, of like being, you know, it's like being through the lens of wrestling, which is so cool. 
And it's one thing too that at the end of the movie, uh, when we're getting our epilogue, not to spoil everything, but like it does. No, spoil to, everything. Yeah, we're about to get there, anyways. It does allude to that you know Paige and her introduction into the WWE was pretty instrumental in bringing on what was called the women's revolution within the the industry, um, which was a period of not doing that anymore, of not having it be like you know eye candy matches of like scantily clad bikini wearing women not wrestling, but in a wrestling context, just sort of doing a like peep show kind of thing. Um, and it's it starting to invest in those 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 uh, women characters, their arcs, starting to establish that these wrestlers should have equal footing, which is really great. And I'm glad her career excelled that. Um, there were other people involved, obviously, like uh, Triple H behind the scenes. Um, he's a wrestler, but is like an EP pretty much on in WWE. And he really helped advance that with the help of Stephanie McMahon. So they really made some changes in the late, like like 20 teens uh, that really did advance those narratives and allow for more authentic um, and theatrical representation for women rather than reducing them to an object. But this, yeah, I, I guess it, it's interesting for this movie to take place when it does in that regard, because while it tries to humanize and explore and develop all the women involved, that was also at a time when Paige was first getting involved where that was not the case in their programming so it's yeah it's interesting but that being said like they've they've made a lot of the wwe to their credit has made a lot of progress in this department over the past several years can i also just say that like this conversation i love it and i'm glad we're having it but it's also something that makes me want to like smash my head off a table because uh and like a reference intended um only because i start thinking about the women who might feel differently about the way that their body is being seen and being used and being aware of the being objectified and being okay, like, okay with that as a way of like creating a career for themselves. So it's just sort of one of those things where I'm like, I, I really don't even know enough of this to, to, to even begin. But that leads me to another question that I had and like, Dave, honestly, maybe you can answer this because like, to be honest, I, I thought of it, we thought of it last night and then I did absolutely no research. So I, I understand that the WWE is fixed, not fake, as they say in, in the movie. But it's an important distinction. It is important distinction, but okay. So um, the the final sequence, right when um, Paige goes to challenge AJ for the the diva the diva champion belt. So obviously, everyone involved knew that this was going to happen, right? Like they knew this 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 fight was happening, and you can even see AJ in the moment being like, "Come on, man!" It how much of it is like decided beforehand of like who's going to win a match and who isn't the outcomes within a wwe are almost entirely predetermined if there is an upset it is because a referee hasn't done their job properly okay so so aj knew she was gonna give yeah that 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 was that that uh was handed over to page uh as a match or in her debut match which got, got her the title which is a huge deal and really like really interesting because she was this outside wrestler who um hadn't been so frequently objectified through like the diva championship series. Um, and her like taking the helm and, uh, and winning that in a debut match was like for audiences who are buying into it, like very much like, Oh wow. Like this is, this is like the moment of change, but even that itself was calculated. 
And but I think that brings up a really good point. Like even the movie uh, explores this that it's certainly you're fighting your opponent or you're wrestling your opponent, but really the winning element and the the suspense that's and the t- the suspense that's created at the end is we, can she win the audience? And it's really the, right. the relationship that, that a performer, I mean, wrestling, it's a performance. And so it's like, can you create a compelling performance that wins over the crowd and therefore seals your, your reputation in future matches? But I think your question, Sam, and your point, Dave, also connect to something that I had learned about this movie and that the movie really in order to streamline the narrative, cuts out uh, other sort of seminal moments in Paige's career. So before she won the Diva Championship, she had all she had already won the NXT Championship. And so the movie makes it seem as if she does the training camp, she does like maybe a couple fights or if any major fight, and then all or wrestle match, and then all of a sudden she's in the diva championship and then she's like, Oh my God, am I going to win over the team? I'm so nervous. But really what the movie didn't flesh out is the fact that she had already been working her ass off to secure major victories in previous, like like in the NXT world in order to then rise up, which on one hand, I totally understand why a movie would be like, okay, we need to focus on the narrative and we need to get it, moving as quickly towards this champion diva championship as possible. But on the other hand, I feel like it sort of cut away, it cut out elements that really showcase how hard she worked in those like three years really between when she was in training and when she was winning that championship and all the things she had to do to work up to that in order to be in a position where a match can be fixed where she went, you know, where she is ultimately the victor. Um, so I guess maybe we'll have to watch the documentary to get all of that. And then the unfortunate thing is, as I was kind of seeing where she is now, she has dealt with some neck injuries and is now technically in retirement. She's been doing some things in like WWE related, and there's maybe question of whether she'll come back and still fight, but it would be really interesting to kind of, yeah, like, see some sort of like check in with her, you know, like a in the moment docu-series that's like, what is your life now? Like what what are you what are you up to and how has your wrestling career shaped who you are now? And I hope, yeah, I hope her body is doing okay. Yeah, it seemed like she was enduring some some neck stuff, but she's had a rough ride for several yeah. years. Yeah. But you know, she's, uh, the last, the last I've heard she's hanging in personally. So that's good to hear. Um, I, I saw a little, tw- uh, her Twitter, it's her dog's birthday today. So happy birthday Aww. to Paige's dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess we sort of reached the, yeah, the climactic moment. She wins the, uh, the diva championship. Uh, her whole family is so excited for her. And as as Connor really pointed out at the beginning of this episode, the relationship between her and her brother is it's sort of this. I think, Connor, you described it as a separation and a return. And I think that the brother Zach's arc is really interesting because towards the beginning of the movie, his girlfriend just found out she's pregnant. They're going to have a child. And then you see uh, the complications of like having a newborn baby while he's trying to still pursue his wrestling career while also running this training camp. 
And then he gets into a big fight with Paige and as she come visits back for Christmas time. And so there's definitely a fractious relationship in the middle of the movie. And then you see this sort of full circle return where you see that he really cares about her success. And there's that scene with the whole family uh, sitting around the TV watching her final match. And you really can see that return and that somewhat repaired relationship um, between Paige and her brother as he's supporting her. Yeah, I guess any any kind of last thoughts. I think I was looking over the questions that I like had, and I think we pretty much covered the things that I was eager to hear your thoughts about. But I want to know if there were other things that really stick out in your brain or performances or scenes that really uh, are notable. There was one moment that I, I thought was really fun, and that's when uh, Zach and Paige are at the tryouts for WWE in London, and they run into The Rock who, you know, pops up again later in the film. And then sure Zach does. is, he sure does. And then Zach is like, rock, 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 rock. And like, the, he keeps like turning around all the time. And he's like, bashes the thing and turns like, he's just trying to be, you know, he's a good rock in general. Seems like a great guy who really loves his fans. He's a good guy. Um, and so I just thought that was a really good, I mean, Stephen Merchant's just a really funny guy. So I feel like I could just feel his, you know, great direction there of the physical comedy of The Rock turning around. It's like six times Zach, like, calls him back for, like, another question. And The Rock, like, snaps a smile on. And then he, like, has the moment where he, like, is in his wrestling persona when they ask him, like, how do I be the next Rock? He's like, well, that's me. You have to be you. And they, you know, basically, well, that's not, like, good advice. That's, like, you know, fairy tale kind of advice. I forget the exact phrase. And so I just thought like that was a great three minutes of the movie with just some fun, fun physical comedy from The Rock and like really good, sharp timing. I actually think that that's like really wonderful advice, though, because I mean, if the whole point is trying to win over a crowd, like you do have to be as authentic as possible. And if you're trying to be The Rock and you're trying to say jabroni, if it's not something that's naturally <laughs> part of your vocabulary, then, you know, people are going to definitely see through that, I think. Yeah, I think it's uh, that's an interesting uh an interesting little snippet, Connor, in particular, because one thing that did, um, I agree with what you're saying, but uh, just as, as far as other little notes of like, one thing that drove me nuts was uh, her brother, uh, the actor, kind of like someone has to set this guy aside and say like, look, you can't three-peat every line. You can't say, yeah, 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 or no, 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 or rock, 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 every single time you speak, which he does the whole movie. Um, like you're not Shia LaBeouf and you shouldn't try to be that. Just like find your own thing, as The Rock is trying to tell you. But also one thing that that I think se- that really cemented this being a product rollout rather than say a conventional film at least as far as the the studio influence it being a wwe property was that the rock is ultimately the one to tell her like look hey like it's me the rock you've seen me come in and out of this and like even though i'm a as this movie acknowledges like a very busy celebrity now outside of this industry i'm still stopping by every once in a while to like give someone an elbow bump and say like hey congratulations you've been promoted to raw and you're gonna have your premiere this week and it's like it, it it just paints the WWE as being a family of your favorite performers rather than, you know, the obvious objective reality that like, I'm sure Dwayne the Rock Johnson didn't come into his private suite and say like, hey, you're eating all my hot dogs. Also, you're going to be on Raw next week and I'm going to call your family right now. It's like that would have gone through Vince McMahon, who this movie doesn't want to tackle at all or one of his underlings it is an industry and like for it to present itself as this familial thing through a very charismatic and likable actor like Dwayne the Rock Johnson 
uh, feels to me tremendously disingenuous as a device. But I always love seeing Dwayne The Rock Johnson on screen. So I, I would prefer that to the reality of seeing Vince McMahon on screen. But it does lend itself to, I think, the inauthenticity of the tone of this piece. Yeah, they definitely made up them meeting The Rock. That was just written for the film. She was in no rooms <laughs> with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Just alone, alone in his private suite with all of his eating, hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, eating the buffet. Um, no, I, I totally, I hear you, Dave. Like, you know, if you feel like a movie is trying to sell a product or sell a brand or, or especially one as complicated as the WWE, it can feel disingenuous. I'll say from my perspective, seeing this movie and not being familiar with that world gave me an opportunity to learn about someone's story that I am really intrigued by. And it sort of began the first step of me wanting to delve more into, yeah, the world of like female wrestler. Like I, I'm, and so if, you know, like hopefully this, these narratives and these stories don't stop at this movie, <laughs> like, and I would love to see like more, I guess, um, yeah, more movies that really uh, shed light on more of the like, you know, darker elements of existing in that world. And uh, but I'll say I, I got I got swept up in it because I was like, I know nothing. And this is telling me what I need to know. And now I uh, can read all about all of these interesting people. But even if that's dis, even if I feel that's disingenuous, it's great that that's your takeaway. So, like, definitely stick with it because it's a really interesting industry, and there are some great lady wrestlers involved. I, I would say, like, I one hundred percent agree with that, Christine. Like, that's exactly how I feel about this movie, and like, as unrealistic as The Rock being there is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. I loved when he roasted the shit out of Zach and out of Paige because I was like, oh, like I, I totally understand this now. Like I was captivated much like they were. And they were like, wow. When he, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even remember what exactly he says, but he's like, you haven't been outside in 20 years. And like, you go back to Hogwarts. I was just like, uh, they is- reference Hogwarts like 30 times. It's like, they do. How about they some do. fucking Dickens in here, man? Well, <laughs> actually there is a Dickens one, but yeah, but yeah, no, you're yeah, absolutely. But just being like, I see, I, I get it. I get it. And I understand like why rock was sort of someone who was able to have a career acting like outside of it too, because he's just like a captivating dude who was good at what he did. And I don't know, much more respect for everybody involved, the rock and and everybody else as, as performers that I've ever had. And shout out to Florence Pugh. I thought her performance was really great. Like she brings this really uh, amazing groundedness to, to Paige as a character. Like she's a fighter. Like I really, I I don't know. I was pretty uh, caught up in, in watching her. Like she's just a really great person to watch perform and really whatever she's doing. And this is, was sort of like just reaching the crest of the puissance. Well, it's not a puissance. It's a it's a pew like like birth. You know, she kind of just like burst onto the scene. Uh, and this was just pre like Little Women, pre Midsomar, and then it was like, oh, here she is, yeah, woo. 
But um, so it's been fun watching her career. Well, folks, that was not only fighting with my family, but that was fighting and wrestling month, uh, fighting and family uh, month. And it's been so wonderful to share uh, all of them, like talk about all the movies. Gosh, what, yeah, what a collection. Uh, I hope you all listen, or not only to this podcast, but watch, <laughs> I hope you watch all the movies. Uh, let us what you Let us know what you think about the theme of wrestling or the world of wrestling. I want to see if we have like seven minutes to do a quick trivia to see how much we've actually researched and learned about the world that we talked about on the podcast. We have about seven minutes, like one minute per question. That's it. Okay. Let's see if we can so, keep ourselves to one minute per question. <laughs> so what, uh, so I wanted to see if you wanted to do a buzzer style trivia or if you each person wants to get their own question. Do we feel like one person in this group knows way more about wrestling than the rest of us? Maybe. If so I'm going okay. to give each person their own question to make it, I think, a little fair. And I'll keep a little tally over here. Um, so who would like to go first? Okay. All right. Great, Connor. So in what year was the WWE formerly known as the WWF founded? Oy, I'm going to go like 1978. I'm going to give you the point because it's 1980. But it goes like the history goes further back than that. But that's essentially when Vince McMahon and his wife established the WWE. Or WWF, I should say. So I'm going to give you that point. One point for Connor. The World Wildlife Um, Foundation. I was just about to ask. I was like, Christine, can I give you a question? (laughs) Why did they have to change their name to the Mm -hmm. WWE? So it went from World uh, Worldwide, or no, World Wrestling Federation, then World Wrestling Entertainment. So it became like, like TV, it's essentially like a huge conglomerate of like, like TV and like some sports teams. I think it, essentially it was just like a bigger corporation or like a bigger brand. Yeah, I think like boring contract shit. <laughs> Although I think Sam, you're onto something that like people were like, "Hey, wait a minute, my WWF T-shirt doesn't have pandas on it." <laughs> oh yeah, right. So I I thought they lost a lawsuit and had to give up the name. Maybe. I think Did the pandas legally, too. I think legally they had to change it. So listeners out there, do the research. Send us a letter. I mean, an email and let us know what you think. All right. I'm just going to go in order as I see as I'm seeing you guys. All right, Dave, who is the longest reigning Divas champion? You have some options. A, is it A, Lady Jane Grey? B, Kelly Kelly? C, Nikki Bella or D, Ice Queen? So the Diva series admittedly would have been after my uh, after my uh, my heyday with the, the industry. What are the choices one more time? A, Lady Jane Grey. B, Kelly Kelly. C, Nikki Bella or D, Ice Queen? Gonna go with A. Lady Jane Grey. That is incorrect. Uh. <laughs> it is C, Nikki Bella, but I'm honored because Lady Jane Grey was one that I made up. <laughs> so, I Again, this well, know. well after my era with WWE. <laughs> I, I, my knowledge extends to like 2003. 
for the most part. Uh, so Nikki Bella, look her up. I don't know anything about her, but she came up in my research. Okay, Sam. Uh, in wrestling tradition, what is the antagonist called? I I am feeling very stressed right now because both Dave and oh, Connor are, are like, I, clearly I know this. And meanwhile, I'm over here. I have no idea. They're choices. I'm so sorry. I didn't oh, mean to. Oh. Connor, I'm sorry. I didn't give you the multiple choice. I'm going to give Sam the multiple choice. Uh, okay. Is it A, the chin? B, the sad guy? C, the devil? D, the heel? Um, I, can I phone a friend? Can I pick? Yeah. Phone a friend. Okay, I'm going to phone whoever wants to help me. I want to say the chin, but like who, like what's, what's, what's really the answer? <laughs> that would be D the heel. Okay. So the antagonist in wrestling is called the heel. I don't know why listeners tell us why if you're fan wrestling. Uh, okay. Bonus for whoever wants it. What is the good guy called? And uh, the parlance that I'm familiar with, it's the face. The face. All right. Perfect. All right. We're going to go back to Connor. Dave got with the face. Um, Connor, in what year did WrestleMania first debut? And I'm giving you some options here. I'm sorry. Okay. A, 1980. B, 1985. C, 1990. Or D, 1995. I highly doubt it's 1995. So I feel like I can safely eliminate that one. Um, let's go... I'm going to guess WrestleMania was 1985. Hell yeah. Got it. Ding, ding, ding. Nice Cause I feel like it would have taken him a few years to get to the like thing that I know very like that is pop culturally relevant. Would you like to uh, compete for the bonus? Sure. Okay. The bonus is where did that match debut? Do I have options or no? Do I just have the a while? No, you don't have options. <laughs> Can I give you a state? Will that count? Sure. Connecticut. No, because oh, that I think is I think that's where their headquarters are. So I was just that was my guess. But close, they're very close to Connecticut. It's New York. The, it's a big yes. It is the big arena in the middle smack dab of New York City. Oh, Madison Square Garden. Ding ding ding! I'll give you like a little half point for that. Yes. Or point five. <laughs> um, and I don't know if anyone knows this, but I did a bonus bonus for that. The very first match one. Does anyone know that? The wrestle, very first WrestleMania match one? Macho Man Randy Savage. No. no. That's the only one of the few wrestlers I know. I know you guys like could just Google it, but I, I, I'm so glad you guys are being honest sports about this. <laughs> so it was Tito Santana. All right, Dave. Uh, who was the first female wrestler? This is a weird question uh, the question is who is the first female wrestler in the wwe but i'll say more in like popular wrestling culture i looked this question up and people say that she's considered the first female wrestler in the wwe but oh i'll give you i'll give you options a mary lillian ellison B, Trish Stratus, C, Mary Queen of Scots, or D, Brenda Blythe. <laughs> Trish, Trish Stratus was a little bit later in my memory, so I don't know. <laughs> I know. Do you want to do you want to take a guy? Do you want to eliminate it? I can tell you, it's not Brenda Blythe. Okay. What were the other two names again? Uh, Mary Queen of Scots or Mary Lillian Ellison. I'm going to go with uh, Ellison. Yep. It was uh, Mary Lillian Ellison and her wrestling name 
was the fabulous Moolah. And if you look her up, there's some great photos of her wrestling. Now here's, she has a very complicated legacy because she has paved the way a lot for female wrestlers, but also apparently was very, like there was some definitely allegations that she was an exploitive boss and like did some pretty bad things. But I love her wrestling name, the fabulous Moolah. Um, so it look her up. She's an interesting, interesting person. All right, Sam, final question. All right, which of these is not a wrestling move? A, the Tombstone Pile Driver. B, the Last Ride. C, the Cincinnati Slice. Or D, the Party Foul. The only one I feel like I know for sure is the Pile Drive. Um, Undertaker, yep. Yeah, I know that one. So there was the Cincinnati Slice. The, what were the other two? The Last Ride. The last <laughs> or ride. the the party foul party foul jesus <laughs> um god i don't know um uh the last ride last ride is a okay. is a move the correct or Go the non-wrestling it. move is the cincinnati slice <laughs> Did you come up with that? I came up with that. <laughs> yeah, a great wrestling move name. What it was. Maybe, maybe it'll become a wrestling move. So again, let, you know, let's create the Cincinnati Slice. So here's the deal. I got so many more questions, but we're going to close out this episode because we've had some great discussions. Um, maybe we'll do a whole episode of just random trivia and I'll save all of these for our only trivia episode because these were a lot of fun to uh, to make. And so I thank you guys for following on this tri trivia journey. Uh, but that that's it for Fighting and Family. It's been a great theme. Thanks for listening. You can catch us on all the socials. We're on Instagram, Twitter. Send us an email. Uh, anything anyone wants to promote. Oh, once again, we're so excited to be part of the Movie John Network. Listen to all those amazing other podcasts. Um, speaking of family, that's a great family to be a part of. So, all right. Well, ha as we say here in uh, the Butter Corner, have a great whatever. We'll catch you next week. The, the Cincinnati Slice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>